Financial Grown-Up Guide, Five Pitfalls to Avoid for First-Time Homeowners with Realtor.com's Judy Dutton, editor of The Essential First-Time Homebuyer's Book. You're listening to Financial Grown-Up with me, certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, author of How to Be a Financial Grown-Up. And you know what? Being a grown-up is really hard, especially when it comes to money. But it's okay. We're going to get there together. We got this. Welcome, everyone. Has anyone noticed that interest rates, which we thought were going up, 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 are actually coming down? That means if you are going to borrow money for something like a home, it just got cheaper, meaning your money will go farther. This is a good time to do some math and see if it makes sense to buy because for housing, the math really matters and interest rates are a big part of that. Renting has its advantages like flexibility and freedom, and that might be the right personal choice for you. But if we're being honest, for me, I bought my first home at age 23, and it was the best decision I ever made in terms of my finances, I think. Even though there were some crazy housing dips along the way, I just like the feeling of ownership, the security, not worrying about a landlord raising the rent or just deciding they want someone else, like a relative maybe, to live there. You just never know. As I said, it is a personal choice, but no matter where you come down on the issue, it is worth getting the information so you are ready and able to make an informed, and yes, a grown-up choice. So I was pretty psyched when, coincidentally, I was sent an early copy of a book called The Essential First-Time Homebuyer's Book, an insider's guide on how to buy a house, get a mortgage, and close a real estate deal without losing your mind. Emphasis on without losing your mind, as anyone who has ever bought real estate can relate. It is by the editors of Realtor.com. And coming up, we're going to talk to the editor of that guide, Judy Dutton. But first, I do want to mention that because I love to read, as you guys know, and I certainly don't have the time to read everything that I want to read. I recently discovered an app called Blinkist. It offers short summaries of the most amazing books. And a lot of them are the kinds of books that financial grownups really like, specific ones that make you better at things. I loved it so much. I reached out to the folks at Blinkist and have been able to partner with them to support the show. To check them out and get a free trial, go to bobbyrebell.com forward slash Blinkist. And if you use my link, you will also support the show, which I really appreciate. Okay, let's get to Judy Dutton from realtor.com. She is the editor of the book I was just talking about, The Essential First Time Home Buyer's Book. Finally, Judy, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me here. Tell us a little bit about how this book came together. There are a lot of fun facts here. You guys are like masters of housing trivia and fun facts. Thank you. It's funny when you said that buying a house was one of the best decisions you ever made. I definitely feel like my decision to buy a house, which I did maybe around 15 years ago, was absolutely the best decision I ever made. So I completely think that it's it's a great thing to do, uh, especially if you know you're going to stay put for a certain amount of time. And it's great to be able to have that security of regular mortgage payments rather than a landlord who's going to jack up the rent. And for that matter, you can decorate however you want and you don't have to worry about someone getting bent out of shape. It's your house. So you can do whatever what you, what you want with it. So it's fantastic. I love owning my own house. But the thing is, when I went to buy my own house, I thought, hmm, 
I wonder if it's difficult. How do I do this? And so I went looking for a book on how to buy a house and I couldn't find anything. And so I just kind of went out there on my own and made every mistake under the sun in terms of buying a house. I did everything wrong. And it's a miracle that I actually managed to buy a house at all. That's why I kind of later on when I ended up working at a real estate website, that was one of the first things I was thinking of is we really need a book on how to buy a house. It's essential and it will help people avoid all the mistakes I made. Exactly. And I want to quickly follow up on one thing you mentioned. You said the time that it matters how long you're going to live there. Can you just mention what's the right time amount that you should be planning at least? We never know what's going to happen, but in theory that you should be planning to stay in the area or in that home to be worth buying. Is there a guideline for that? There is a rule of thumb. It's five years. If you're going to stay put for five years, it makes sense to buy. You will actually spend less money over that period of time buying than you would if you were renting. Because basically how it works is you buy the house and yeah, you're putting up more money up front. But over five years time, the house will usually appreciate in value around 4% per year. And that makes up for all the money you're putting up front. And then you gain all that money back when you sell the house five years later. Uh, So it does vary by market. Certain markets, like for example, where I live in New York, you can own a house for three years and that's enough time to usually make all your money back when you sell. But other places, it might take longer. But generally, the longer you stay put, the longer, the more it makes sense to buy a house. Five years is minimum. Right. And there's never any guarantee. Obviously, some markets do have periods where they fall back. Okay, let's get to the pitfalls because I want to get them all in. Number one, the first thing has to do with your credit score, Judy. Yeah. What? What? I know. These credit cards aren't just things that you can use to buy things and everything. Credit cards are actually the way that you prove to mortgage lenders, because odds are you're going to need a mortgage to buy your house. The way that mortgage lenders can tell if you're trustworthy and that you will pay them back if they loan you money is your credit score. So the credit score is basically calculated when you use credit cards and then you have to pay it back. It's a numerical representation of how well you are paying them back. So if you're late on payments or skipping payments, then odds are you have a low credit score. If you are always on time, paying it off in full, you will have a high credit score. But here's the thing that I think is interesting. This is the part that I didn't fully understand. It's not just a yes or no, is your credit score good enough to get the loan? It's also the rate you are going to pay can vary depending on that credit score. Right, that's true. If you have a really good credit score, lenders will love you and they will be really happy to give you a loan. And in order to entice you, to get a loan from them, they'll give you a great interest rate, like a really low interest rate where you're only paying like 4% interest on the money that you've borrowed. Whereas if you have a bad credit score and you're kind of a risky person for a lender to work with, they're going to charge you a little extra as kind of as insurance in case you default on your loan. So they might charge you a 5% interest rate or 6% interest rate. Number two pitfall, not figuring out how much home you can afford. Yeah, this is a big one because I think the first thing everyone wants to do is they want to go out there and go hit some open houses and look at these beautiful houses and look at listings online. But that's so much fun. Oh, I know. See, this is I did this. I did this. Can't you have a little like fantasy (laughs) and like imagine like your dream home? Yeah, but think of how heartbreaking it would be though to actually find your dream home and realize it's for sale. It could be yours, and then the heartbreak of realizing you can't afford it afterwards. That is painful. And that pain can be avoided if you just crunch your numbers. There are ways to do that. Like for example, realtor.com has an online home affordability calculator. So that's basically where you enter in your income and your debts. 
and it will tell you exactly how much you can afford for a mortgage. Okay. And by the way, we will put that in the show notes. All right. Pitfall number three has to do with something you have to do in advance before you even start looking for a home. Yeah. I mean, this is actually another easy way to understand what priced house you can afford. Instead of going to the open houses and going out and doing the fun stuff first, stop by a mortgage lender, talk to a mortgage lender, and they will pre-approve you for a certain amount of money. They will pre-approve you for a loan. So it's called mortgage pre-approval. And basically they'll look at your income, they'll look at your debts, and they'll be like, hmm, well, based on your profile, you can afford to borrow around $300,000 tops. Then they'll give you a piece of paper that says this. It's like, we are willing to loan you $300,000. And that way you can go around and show that to home sellers and they will take you seriously because they know you've got the money to actually buy their house. Right. So pitfall number three was not getting pre-approved for a mortgage. And if you are pre-approved, that can actually give you some negotiating muscle because they know you're legit and that you will be able to come up with the cash for the closing. Right. Yeah. Pitfall number four. This is another thing. Assuming you need a 20% down payment, I guess that kind of varies. I mean, I'm in New York City. In general, you often need 20% here for the co-ops, at least I should say, but that's not always true. Right, right. And most people think you need 20% down. That's just, for example, I have a friend who's in Los Angeles, and she said, well, we need 20% down, right? And that's impossible. We'll never get that money. So let's just give up. I'm never going to buy a house. And I said, oh, no, 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 don't worry. People can put down much, much less than 20%, and they can still afford a house. They can put down as little as 10% or 5%, or there are a lot of these loans, they're called FHA loans. You can put down 3.5% of the total home costs. And that's, a much smaller amount that's much more manageable and something that's within people's reach. What are the downsides of that though? I mean, that, does that seem risky? Can it hurt your ability to get a mortgage because you don't have as much skin in the game basically? Right. The biggest obvious downside to putting down less than 20% is that you will be charged an extra fee and that's called private mortgage insurance. And so that's an extra maybe, you know, 50 bucks a month or something like that that the lenders will charge you, uh, you know, just because you've put so little money down, they want to make sure they're going to make more on the on the back end. So, so yes, that's, that's one downside. And then yeah, right, you've, you know, that means that if you're putting less money down, you're borrowing more money. And so you're really over, you're really over leveraged, and you've got a lot of money to pay back. So generally, it is really best to put down 20%. But that shouldn't if you have less than 20%, that shouldn't necessarily stop you from buying a house. All right. Pitfall number five. I think a lot of people can relate to this in some way. It's just going to the first real estate agent someone recommends, which can also be going to your friend. In my case, I used a friend's brother-in-law and I think he did a fine job, but it's not like I shopped around. I mean, do people just kind of go to the person they know? And it's kind of awkward sometimes. Absolutely. Most people, when they pick a real estate agent, they just go with the first person who comes along. For example, their mother knows someone, their sister knows someone, their friend knows a real estate agent. Any old real estate agent will do just fine. But that is a huge, huge mistake because real estate agents specialize in certain areas. They specialize at certain price points. And let's face it, they're going to, you're going to like certain people more than others and get along with certain agents and their, how they do things more than others. And you want, this is such a huge, stressful purchase that you really want a real estate agent who understands you and can really go to bat for you. And that means that you should at least talk to three agents and ask them a bunch of questions. And after that, decide which one is best for you, at least three agents. What are you looking for? I mean, what should be the top criteria in choosing among those three? I think a lot of it is 
for example, especially if you're a first time home buyer, you want someone who is local to the area, someone who understands your particular market that you are buying in. So if it's a market on, you know, on the other side of the state, but they're willing to do your deal, they're not going to know the particulars of the market that you want. And for that matter, the price point is also, you want someone who has bought for people in the similar area at a similar price point, because they'll understand uh, whether you're overpaying, whether you're underpaying, and also can really understand and kind of hold your hand through this very, you know, daunting process. Thank you so much. Those were amazing tips. Okay, where can people find out more about all of this? Well, the book is available on Amazon. You just type in realtor.com book, or you can type in the title, The Essential First-Time Home Buyers Book. And Amazon and also barnesandnoble.com, pretty much any of the online booksellers will have it. Thank you so much, Judy. Thank you for having me. And thanks to all of you for your continued support of the show. Please send us feedback. You can DM me on Instagram at BobbyRebel1 or on Twitter at BobbyRebel. And make sure to tell a friend about the show if you enjoy it. Big thanks to Judy Dutton of Realtor.com. Everyone check out the first time homebuyers book and go be grownups. Financial Grown Up with Bobby Rebel is edited and produced by Steve Stewart and is a BRK Media production.